What's up, y'all? It is Ryan Shepard, the host of the Put It in the Group Chat podcast, and we have a great episode for you today. It is Saturday, February 27th, and I'm just happy to be here with you. We're talking about the All-Star Game Reserves, some craziness that's going on at the University of Oklahoma, Cam Newton and a camper, and just a few other things. So make sure that you keep it locked for the entire episode. We've got basketball for you, football for you, boxing for you, all of that good stuff. And we're just happy that you're here to spend your Saturday morning with us. And I'll catch you at the break. But without further ado, it's put in the group chat episode 20. Peace. Saturday, February 27th. Um, it is episode 20 of the Put in the Group Chat. Put it in the group chat podcast. Wow. Words are hard. Um, my name is Ryan Shepard, and I'm here with Gerald and James. How are y'all doing? Yeah, uh, I'm doing good. Uh nerds are running basketball. And uh yeah, that's what's going on right now. <laughs> Uh, and somebody, somebody got their pop smoke on versus uh, Jeremy <laughs> Lin. So, oh Lord! So it's a lot going on this week. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm doing straight. Kind of Boston's just down bad, so I'm, I'm I have no bias anymore. I'm just watching to see what the heck happens for most sports. So <laughs> that's well, always nice, basic, man. That is what's like being a Pacers fan every year. I feel uh, bad. <laughs> they've been on television. Twi- I think they're on. Tel- I think they have. I want to say they have eight televised games this year. Mm-hmm. Today is their third. They have not won one. So, I'm. Um, I mean, you know what? For y'all benefit, y'all should just win tonight. There ain't no. There's no point. Not to make light of the Jeremy Lin situation, but <laughs> who called him that though? Wait, who? What? Not nah, Jeremy Lin. Somebody called him coronavirus in the G League. Oh wow! Oh yes. Yeah, like who called him that? Like I shouldn't be laughing. That's not funny. That's, that's not, not even like original. That's not original, and also like that's not. That's not the insult that I don't think that person thought it was. Because, like, if you really think about it, y'all are on the court. No mask on, all over each other. If you really believe this man has the coronavirus, why would you? (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, And then from the, I saw another trailer of Boogie. And, uh. (laughs) It appears that that's all Pop Smoke does is, hey, I mean, racial slurs. <laughs> like, 
we we gonna find out. It's out. It's out in theaters next week. We gonna we gonna find out. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah. I would say we can do a movie review, but I don't want to subject y'all to that. But yeah, uh, speaking of pop smoke, um, in New York, Bobby Schmurder is home. Bobby Schmurder is free. Yes. Bobby Schmurder is out in these clubs. I don't know. You know what? And you know what? For his sake, if he survived COVID in prison, nothing probably scares that man at this point. So I can't um, even be mad at him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on top of that, like, I saw him, like, refuse a drink on Twitter. I yeah. think he just wanted to go home and lay down. Well, it's that. And also, like, when you're on parole, I know it differs from state to state, but I know in New York, like, you can't just be drinking anything anybody gives you because, one, you don't know what's in it. That's just that should be general for everybody, but right. But obviously, you know, we sometimes we don't make the best decisions. But two, like, if there's something in there that could possibly cause him to fail a drug test, I I wouldn't take that chance because he's on parole until 2026. God dang! Wow, wow. What was his charges? I you know I know about Bobby Schmurder, like you know the song and stuff, but I don't really know much about his case. So, I want to say. He it's I know he it has to do with something with the weapons charge. Um I know he took he also took more time because he pled guilty to something. It is widely believed that Roddy Rowdy Rebel, who's also part of GS9, his friend, also a rapper. Um, but he took a charge for him so that he they would do around the same amount of time. Otherwise, Roddy Rebel, who came home, I want to say came home in November. Um, he would have probably gotten like a 10 or 11 years. Instead, he got, I think, five. Mm. Um, so I'm looking it up now. He he pled guilty to one, one count of third degree conspiracy and one count of weapons possession. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, so happy for them. Happy. Um, that they can be reunited for their family. Just happy that no one is in jail during coronavirus, because obviously that's not the safest place for people to be. It's always good when somebody gets out of jail. That's always good. Yeah. If six nine was good enough to get out of jail, why not murder at that point? <laughs> man, he talking reckless too. Man, oh, man. and the crazy, I just. I watched the Showtime did a documentary on him. Um, oh, okay. And it's, it's, I don't go too deep into this, but it's, it's kind of just, it's never had to get to this point. I guess is the best, cleanest way to sum it up. It never had to get to this point where people are in jail. No. All right. Because now people, I think. The person got the most was Harv, who was just like his security. I think he got mm-hmm. 24 years. And it was worse for Bobby Schmurter's like crew or group of people. Because I think one of one of his friends, I think, got 99 years. Over a weapons charge? No, it wasn't over a weapons charge. They got them on conspiracy. 
Oh. So apparently before Hot Nigga came out, they had been following them around. Um, so like it just coincided like once they it was sort of like the Takashi situation, except nobody told. So that means more people are gonna get more years. But they hit them with they threw the book at them basically. They caught them with murders. Cause like that was one of the things about hot nigga. If you like this, like the line Mitch caught a body about a week ago. There was a guy named Mitch who went to jail because for a murder. Like that, all of that stuff is in there. Is I don't say all of it's real, but oh, majority. Well, it, it got used in court. So maybe I'm one of the nerds that's ruining basketball because I didn't know none of this. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I'm out here learning lessons. I'm out yeah. here like, wow. So I'm not I'm not out here advocating doing crime, obviously, but there is something to be said about sticking to your word and going standing up for what you have been accused of doing. Um, but moving on. Um, so for today's warm up, um, we have a new game. Um, it's pretty much called auto reply. So basically. Um, you're going to get, I'm going to show you a video. Um, and then I'm just come up with the first word that comes up. Um, so it could be positive word, um, negative word, but it is what it is. Uh, so the first video that we have come up, um, Ironically, um, well, I'll just sit, let you see it and then I'll explain to the people that are listening um, what they're hearing. Nerds need to stop ruining the fun of sports. Last weekend, Anthony Edwards threw down one of the best poster dunks in recent memory. And for every person going wild on the timeline, there was another nerd complaining about efficiency. There's a time and place for analytics, but using it to overshadow an incredible display of athleticism just ain't it. In that moment, no one cares if Edwards was 0 for 7 from 3. We just want to enjoy a play that reminds us why we became sports fans in the first place. Nerds have had a huge influence on sports over the last decade, where now efficiency is taking over the NBA with stats like PER. Someone like DeMar DeRozan gets heat for not taking the most efficient shots. But does it matter if he can consistently knock down clutch mid-range jumpers? You shouldn't need to scramble to a box score to validate what you're seeing on film. These guys aren't ones and zeros. Just watch the game and you'll be able to see guys like DeRozan are really good. There are even members of the analytics community who will tell you that Kobe Bryant or Allen Iverson aren't as great as we remember because they weren't efficient. And that's where I really draw the line. When you start trying to strip away the legacy of legends like that. If you can't separate stats from the heart of the game, just go back to your spreadsheets and leave sports to the real fans. All right. Um, for those that are listening, um, that was a video, the voice you heard. Um, I don't want to mis mispronounce this man's name, so I'm just going to go by his first name. His name's Master. Um, he's a Dallas native. He currently works for Bleacher Report. He's a senior writer there. Um, he hosts a series that you may have seen called Untold Stories, where he interviews different athletes, um, just gets them to talk about, as the title suggests, stories that they haven't told other people. Um, this video was posted on Bleacher Report mm. in reference to Anthony Anthony Edwards. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said it. I almost said Anthony Davis. Anthony Edwards dunk um, 
against the Toronto Raptors nearly a week, actually more than a week ago now, um, mm-hmm. when it was posted online. Um, Nate Duncan, who's also a basketball writer, pointed out the fact that uh, Anthony Edwards, I believe, only had seven points in that game and was really inefficient in that game. I don't know why he decided to bring that up, but this video was clearly made in response to it, um, and it's racked up over a million views um, on Twitter in less than two days. Uh, so I'll let y'all take it away. It's one word, two words um, to describe what you just saw. One one side. Because I, I do agree that I think going full-on analytics is completely and utterly stupid, right? But I do think analytics has a place. Like, I know that's kind of hard to say now with just how vocal some of the analytics crowd is and some of it is stupid don't get me wrong but i feel like when we look at certain players like a draymond green and marcus smart sometimes analytic helps show how important those players are as compared to like let's just say watching them on film or just going over what they do in a one game viewing basis so i do think i don't think analytics should be all it is but i do think analytics does have a place in sports i think his take was old school mm. um, because the the use of the mid-range jumper and then now I, I'm on I'm gonna be on record saying the people who said like Anthony Edwards stuff is just two points that's kind of dumb and <laughs> obviously we can we can negate those people right yeah but when we're talking about like the use of the mid-range jump shot, and we're talking about guys like DeMar DeRozan, where where they're obviously better players than DeMar DeRozan, and we saw that in the Raptors' run. Um, I just think he's he's caping for like people who who it just it just doesn't it, it doesn't equate for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Kobe was Kobe, you know, but we can't we can't act like he was efficient. Like, you know, and the thing about Allen Iverson is we can't act like he was efficient either. But um but no, those guys are great, but it's just you know, we we, we can we can have objective conversations about what these guys are and what these guys weren't. Yeah, I think that's it kind of just kind of sums it up. I think I think it also just comes down to balance. There's a there's a balance. And I think that's I think sports have each individual sport has to find that balance. Um, we haven't necessarily an, seen analytics come into football as much as we've seen it come into basketball and obviously in baseball. It's really prevalent. Um, but I think there's every sport has to find their own balance um, for what they're looking for. Obviously, as you said, there's a time and place for analytics and there's a time and place just to enjoy somebody getting dunked on. Um, I also want to just negate this, negate this notion that anybody that doesn't like dunks or people getting dunked on are short because Nate Duncan's six, six short people don't have an issue or people under five, 10 don't have an issue 
with people um, dunking on people. I'm speaking for people under 5'10", as someone who's 5'9". Um, mm-hmm. But that, and then also just, it just kind of brought me to this other place and looking not necessarily at the, the conversations that we're having, because I believe we're all reasonable people and we're all basketball fans, but just this idea of using the word casual as a insult in basketball, because that was the number one response I saw, just seeing somebody go really far on one side and saying analytics is not that great, which I don't think is, I don't agree with that sentiment. Um, And then also on the other side, people just wanting to use analytics for everything and determine everything, which is not a great use of what the numbers are for because at the end of the day, it's a game. You're supposed to have fun doing it. But using the word casual to describe people that don't like analytics, I don't think also, or people that don't follow the game as closely, I think is not beneficial because your game doesn't grow without casual fans. No sport grows without casual fans. It just doesn't. Um, And I think that could be said for a lot of sports. Like we talk here occasionally about boxing. Majority of boxing fans are casuals. Casuals, yeah. Boxing, boxing will we talk about like will boxing ever be back? Boxing will never be back without casual fans. So like certain sports and like MMA will never be what it can become without casual fans. Um, so I think there's a time and a place. I just think it's you get heat when you decide to sit down and make a video about it and post it on Bleacher Report for millions of people to see. That just kind of comes with the territory. Um, but I also don't think people. I don't necessarily see people talk bad about Kobe with analytics. Maybe it's because people love Kobe like that, but I don't necessarily see people talk that poorly about him in terms of analytics. I definitely see it with Allen Iverson, and we've definitely seen it with DeMar DeRozan, who has gotten better and more efficient as his career has gone on. Um, Right. But, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say pre-death, no. Kobe did get, like, a lot of – flag for analytics like especially when it came to like last second shots because mamba mentality came from that pre like pre-death people were killing kobe off of that but like you know now that he's past like a lot of that has kind of toned down but there was a time kobe was getting blasted for that yeah but we can't act like kobe wasn't kobe had his games man where he was shooting he was shooting like nine for 27 like he he would get his twenty five points off like twenty seven shots. I don't like again when there are guys that are more efficient than that, that are somewhat better than him. Like we can have that conversation. That's what I don't get. Right? Like, there are better basketball players than Kobe Bryant. Like I hate what people would like say, and like people don't understand that. But like there are better basketball players than Kobe Bryant. Like, no amount of footwork or no amount of, like, mid-range turnaround jump shot is going to excuse the fact that there are guys that have more production than Kobe Bryant. It's not a long list, but it's definitely a list of people. Hmm. So, you know, when we have that, I don't care what tells me that, but we can, like, everybody's eye is different. So why not have objective, you know, objective things? Like, again, I don't think 
a dunk is just equal two points because there are other things in the game that you can't quantify. I understand that. But there are some games, some things you can't quantify. You know? Yeah, I think a perfect example of that would be the Baron Davis dunk over Andre Karolinko. That's on the on the scoreboard, that's worth that's worth two points. Right. Right. In that arena, that's worth 50. Like that's that that define a generation for a team. Like there's there's certain things that are just I know it's cliche to say they're just bigger than the game. And that's a dunk that we may remember. Only time will tell, but that may be a dunk that we may remember the same way. We remember a DeAndre Jordan dunk or a blank Griffin dunk later in the in years to come. But I think it's certain stuff just doesn't always have to come down to the score of the game. Right. And I also think it's it takes away from Anthony Edwards, who's been playing well recently. Like he's had his ups and his downs, but like coming into that game, he had been playing fairly well um, and starting to find his groove, his team, not so much. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Right, 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 right. Oh, my goodness. Next video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next video comes from college football. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll watch it and then I'll set it up for the people listening. listening um what you just saw was a um video of or what you just heard i'm sorry um spencer jones who's a wide receiver at the university of oklahoma decided to get into a fight with a unknown unidentified person who apparently has been spending a decade training for mma um him and his friend um and for those of you who can't see, this fight took place in a bathroom at a, sounds like a club, very white club. I heard it was the baby, um, which screams to me that's probably a white club in Oklahoma, other than the fact that it's probably near the University of Oklahoma, which is a very white area. Um, but yeah, the guy, Spencer uh, Jones, ended up nearly causing him to lose his eye. He had to get eye surgery. And yeah. University of Oklahoma has not issued a statement about this yet, uh, but that's what we got. Hilarious. It's just hilariously stupid. Like, I don't... <laughs> uh, oh, this from the Pearl Harbor rule, okay? <laughs> now, this is, this is not to make light of Pearl Harbor or anything that happened. 
But the overall rule is you never know how far somebody's going to take it, okay? So, obviously, we get Pearl Harbor, you know, somebody bombs Pearl Harbor, whatever the Japanese do it, and then, boom, the United States drops a whole atom bomb, okay? Did the Japanese think that, you know, the United States were going to do that? I don't think so. Not when they bombed it. No. Nah. But see, you never know what's going to happen when you start something. So, I, you know, you never know. So that's my rule on that one. He he started something, ended up losing his eye. See, it, it when you call, what you, would you say, Ryan? Unidentified? The person has not been identified. person in the video has not been identified. What, what did you say, though? You said unmarked, unidentified, or whatever? I said an unidentified white man who apparently has been, according to the tweet, I don't know if it's confirmed, who's been training for MMA for the last 10 years. Once you start, you start, see, at least in the MMA, you know your opponent first. You can't just be, can't just be having unidentified fights. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are variables. You don't, don't want that. So, you know, Pearl Harbor, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I don't, there's just so many things wrong with that video. Um, one, we're in a pandemic and people out here acting like we're not in a pandemic. That's first and foremost. That's number one. Um, number two, don't, if you don't record, don't get caught on camera committing crimes. Because whether I feel like it's a crime or not to punch someone in the face that's talking to you disrespectfully, it does not matter. In the eyes of the law, it's a crime. Don't get caught on camera committing crimes. Number two, I, number three, I feel really bad for those people just trying to use the bathroom. Man. I'm just in there trying to enjoy my night and you out here getting your face knocked in for no reason. <laughs> and then fourth and fourth, and most importantly, just because you are a football player and because you are physically imposing does not mean somebody will not try you. In fact, sometimes that people are more, means sometimes people are more likely to try you. And this person in this instance, and his friend too, were definitely ready to try you. I don't know what preceded that moment. I just heard the word, I heard a couple bees thrown around and a couple bees thrown around with some liquor. That's what you're gonna get, especially with a whole bunch of people around college. That's just... Sometimes take the loss, though. Like, <laughs> somebody yeah. call you a B, like, all right, bro. I, it ain't, it ain't that deep, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's, sometimes, sometimes that's just the best case scenario. Just take the hell, move on. I, just, I don't know what to tell you. Um, our last video... Um, for our warm-up is comes from pro football. You ask me, you're a free agent. You're a free agent. I'm rich. You're a free agent. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're about to be poor. I'm rich. You're a free agent. 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 Let me talk to your dad. Let me talk to your dad. Where's your dad? You're a free agent. Where's your dad? You're a free agent. You're a free agent. You ask. Talk to him. Let me talk to him. Where's your dad? Where's your father? You ask. So that came from a seven-on-seven seven tournament um, down in Virginia. Uh, 
that obviously the person that you, one of the people that you hear was Cam Newton um, arguing with a, I believe you, I thought he initially was 17, apparently he's 16, um, which would probably put him sophomore, junior year, high school. Uh, arguing with him, Cam seems to be minding his business. The teenager then yells, you're a free agent, your ass, you're about to be broke. A whole bunch of things a kid would say because he can't come up with anything else. Even though I free, calling him a free agent is something you can't really do anything about. So I guess that, yeah, that works there. But um, that video was then shared on, I don't even know how many different social media handles. Um, over time, ESPN, I believe it was on Bleacher Report. Um, and then eventually that young man decided that he needed to issue a public apology to the world. I don't know why. Um, and then Cam Newton posted a video of him having a one-on-one -on -one conversation in which the kid pretty much seemed like he was not paying attention. Uh, yeah. How we got here, I don't know, but that's where we are. I mean, if I had a word for this, you know what? I'm tired. Cause I've seen this video a thousand times. That's why. <laughs> uh, look, the kid was completely in the wrong. Cause you in a camp that the dude helped sponsor, and he's trying to get you over. The least you could do is just like put the childish ish to the side for a little bit. I I don't know. It's it was just a stupid situation from start to finish. Yeah. Uh... I don't have a word for that because it was just, regardless, it was just so, it was so random. I guess random is what it is. Like, because, you know, they kind of started in the middle with him saying, like, you ass or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, based on the last video, though, you know, you got to be careful what you say to people. Mm. So, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like it it got blown out of proportion. Like, would I talk to an adult like that? No, because my mother would probably ride up there. Somebody would call my mom and we'd have an issue. Um, but also, it's just like, it, this did not need to end up on leading ESPN on first take. Yeah. Like, all these other, it's just like, why are we doing this? And then you have this, like, 16 year old that feels he needs to apologize to a whole bunch of other adults that really have no influence on his life and it's just like all you could you could apologize to cam you could apologize to your coach you could apologize to teammates and you could have kept it moving and it kind of like i don't i just don't for me personally i don't i where i drew the line was making this from something that's on social media that was funny or disrespectful, depending on how you took it, and then turning it into a national news story about how kids don't know how to act and all these other. It just it was a lot. It's like people talking about like he may lose opportunity. If the kid can play, the kid's gonna get recruited. If he can't play, he's not gonna get recruited. No one cares. And look at the dichotomy though. Like black kids says something crazy. Dude, oh, black kids don't know how to act. We got these white people fighting in the bathroom. <laughs> and somehow, <laughs> and you know, we ain't got no, you know, there's no, uh, you know, black, com 
or a white community uh, you know, issue being taken here. So I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I get your point. <laughs> but there's also, I've seen the other side of this of people talking about like, well, you know, the kid only talks to Cam like that because he's black. You know they wouldn't talk to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning like that. I'm like, okay, first off, there's a difference between Cam Newton, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. And second off, are we really saying Baker Mayfield and Nathan Peterman would not get this type of trash talk? I'm Baker. talking wild, crazy disrespect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm only going to play football. I'm not play quarterback a day in my life. I'm talking reckless to Nathan Peterman. <laughs> also, the thing is, like, with Tom Brady, I've never seen Tom Brady at a camp. I'm not saying Tom Brady don't care about kids. I'm not saying Tom Brady's never been to a camp. I've never seen video of Tom Brady at a camp working with children. I've just never seen that. Cam, Cam Newton's been working with kids for, I mean, I don't think he's childish, but he has a childlike personality right. that lends itself to him working well with kids. And also there was that video a couple of years ago of him having an argument with a camper and the camper saying, did you wish Von Miller happy Father's Day? <laughs> that did not end up on first take. And that's way more disrespectful. They be trying to test Cam, though. Like, yeah. how you how you gonna test Cam like that? Like, that's the one dude I don't want to smoke with. He like six six or whatever, and he nah, I'm good on that one. But at least they weren't fighting in the bathroom, though. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what I gotta say. You're not trying to get, especially going back to that. Bathroom is top three places you don't want to get into a fight. Like that's that's. If you've ever seen a school fight, you've ever been in a school fight, that's the last, I shouldn't say it's the last, the last place you want to get into a fight in school is on like a blacktop. Nah. But the school bathroom, that's that's right up there with the hard war gym floor. You don't want to get into a fight in gym class. It's not, right, right. someone throw you into that ground or throw you into the side of the toilet the wrong way or nah. Yeah. Plus, you make it like who knows what's on that floor on that floor in the bathroom. It's a. Uh, <laughs> <what is this? laughs> um, but moving on to um, our first half, um, we have um, two two quarterbacks that we I feel like we've been talking about these people the last few weeks, um, bringing new meaning to this could have this meeting could have been an email. Um, Deshaun Watson met with the new Houston Texans coach, David Culley, and he told them that he still has no intention of suiting up for the team and he wants to be traded. I don't know how I would feel. I don't know what the purpose of that meeting was because it was like, I don't know if this was like a phone call. If it's a phone call, I have a little bit of different outlook on this, but if they had to physically go and meet up for me to tell you to your face, I don't want to play here. That's kind of that could have been handled in an email. Um, but I, I wanted to ask y'all, does this move us any closer to Deshaun Watson getting traded? No, no. At this point, this has become a living Looney Tune cartoon when Bugs Bunny used to mess with Elma Fudd. With Deshaun being Elma Fudd, every turn he tries to shoot him, tries to get him out, tries to kill him. Don't work. Organization, they don't try to kill Elma Fudd. They could. Drop an anvil on his head, whatever. Just kiss him and run away. That's exactly where we at at this point. Like, we've been in this revolving circle of Deshaun doesn't want to be there. Organization wants him there. Organization does something to help Deshaun. Deshaun says, I still don't care. Get me the hell out of here. 
Yeah, I don't think that. Um, I mean, I don't think we're closer to him being traded because I don't think he's going to be traded. But I don't think he's playing for the Texans again. So I don't know where that's going to leave people. So it's, uh, yeah, in that middle spot where <laughs> I think he might pull an Antonio Brown or something. Uh, mm. I I hope it doesn't get to that point. I hope. Or uh, we own enough for this, a uh, Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why we gotta go there? Yeah. Why we yeah. Where? Uh, we gotta? He was batting down the balls. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. I was goaded. <laughs> uh, um. Further west coast. Um. Further west, we have. Russell Wilson, um, his agent came out to publicly say that he has not demanded a trade, uh, but he has outlined a list of teams that he would like to go to, which I feel like is demanding a trade. But um, those four teams are the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Chicago Bears. Um, Considering that he hasn't demanded a trade, I won't ask you if this moves him any closer to being traded. But I will ask you, out of those four teams, what do you think is – or who do you think is the best fit for Russell Wilson? Uh, I think best fit and the one I think Russ wants to go to more might be different because I think the best fit for him, at least offensively, is the Raiders. Because, look, oh, he's obviously mad he wants no line Raiders do have a pretty good O-line. Like, they actually do have a solid one. Now, it doesn't fix the defensive problem. You're still going to have to carry that team most of the time, and the Raiders are not good defensively. But I think that is a team that's in a position to trade for us, has a good O-line, and a decent amount of draft capital. I have a feeling he wants to go to the Cowboys, though, because I don't think you just throw the Cowboys out there like without any intention of having them be a decently high on that list. Now, I'm not blaming Sierra. It's not her fault. Exactly. exactly. But he's trying to get some of that, some of that bread, some of that pat bread. Okay. He's trying to get some of that bread. Like he win the Super Bowl in Dallas. Oh my goodness. He or I mean he even makes the NFC championship game in Dallas. We be talking something crazy. That's a whole new level of bread. Like I, so he he like nah I, I think I think that's what he's trying to do out there. Mm. So I mean, but as for the Raiders, um, I don't know, buddy. That's that's tough. Playing for Gruden's not. It's not Pete Carroll. He's not Pete Carroll. So you know, it's a, it's a different different type of guy. So, but I would like to see him in New Orleans. Um. I would just like to see him with Sean Payton in that offense. I would just, for me as a fan, I would I would want to see that. Um, but I agree. I think I think it's the Cowboys. I think that's where he wants to go. And I also think they have the they have the capital to make it happen because they could they could give up Dak. They could get Russell Wilson. We know Jerry Jones is trying to get a Super Bowl as quickly as possible. Um, I don't think Dak is a bad quarterback by any means, stretch of the imagination, but I do think there's something to be said about someone that's been there and done that, won a Super Bowl, been back to another one, um, and having that on your team. Also, Dak, 
had they both have experience playing behind not great offensive lines. So it's not like much is going to change other than the location for either one of them. Just one is rainier than the other. But, but I will say this, though. You know, Mike McCarthy, or, I mean, what what's that going to do? Are they going to get rid of Mike McCarthy if they get Russell Wilson? I think it – No, you can go. No, I was going to say, I think they're going to do exactly what the Buccaneers just did with Brady. It's just like, yeah, okay, so McCarthy's just going to be here. But, Russ, this is your offense. Just call whatever play you want. We're going to run whatever the heck you want. I don't really care. As for what you said with the Saints, though, let's be real, though. That cap ain't letting them do nothing. <laughs> that cap ain't letting them do nothing. <laughs> hey. Hey, he put them down. I didn't put them down. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope. We on the Broncos gonna pull one of these quarterbacks. I'm still holding out. I don't know if it's a draft, just anybody other than Drew Locke and Marcus Mariota. Please, not one of one of those two. I'll take I'll take Cam. I'll take Cam at this point. I don't. I just don't want either one of them. Uh, See, but you getting your hopes up if it's Russ. So he's not tall enough. He's he not tall enough for the John Elway ride, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you think John John Elway wish he took that offer to own part of the team though? You think he think about that almost every day? Probably. And you know what? I'm glad he didn't. That's the one right decision he's made. Oh man. Because <laughs> he hasn't, he has not one of these days. I'm gonna pull up that video of me calling into Greeny and Go, not Greeny and Golick, Cheney and Golick Jr. And complaining about the Broncos drafting quarterbacks, specifically Sean Elway. One of these days, I'm gonna pull that and put that in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, routing out um, football, um, we have Deion Sanders. Um, so about Deion Sanders, uh, last week. Jackson State in their first game of the season, and Deion Sanders head coaching debut at the college level they beat edward waters in naia school 53 to nothing um troy aikman was there they got about ten thousand people out in the stands um it was it was an overall good event um after the game he said that his things had been stolen then the school came back and said they were misplaced but they've been found and then Deion sanders shot back on social media saying no my assistant caught the person who was stealing and they had my things back. And there was a little bit of back and forth about whether how you handle these things. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly being part of the reason why this is a story because Deion, where Deontay Sanders went to coach. It would have been a story regardless, but being that it's a historically black college or university, sorry, um, it's a it's a it's an interesting situation. Um, as Gerald, as someone who was soon to be a graduate of an HBCU, James, as someone who's attended an HBCU, why you gotta bring up old stuff? <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just playing. Uh, go ahead. Uh, is there? Is there a is there a specific, is there a difference in how you handle these things at a I guess Florida State would be the comparable example because that's the other job you've considered that for in comparison to how you treat this at Jackson State? 
I think that, yeah. I just want to know what does this got to do with the kids, though? <laughs> you know, you know, Jackson State wins by 53. Dion has a whole bunch of things about Dion, and that's fine. I mean, that's fine. Maybe he's not trying to, maybe he's trying to, you know, deflect from the kids, and I get that. But, you know, I don't, I don't think you handle this the same. I think you have to handle it with care, um, especially when it's something about like precious items or like stuff like that. Because you don't want to give an you don't want to give the outside world uh, a look like, ah, oh, well, I'm at this HBCU, like I'm, I'm here, like I'm, I'm the gift that keeps on giving with the HBCU, and like my presence is so, is so. Uh, so precious that, you know, they took my stuff for stuff like that. And it's like, I just think you got to handle that different than you would at a Florida State, you know, because it's, and it's a smaller school too. So, yeah, you know, the community is just tighter. You know, you don't want to accuse people and stuff like that. I mean, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Uh, the only thing I might want to add is just, you know, just stay away from social media. <laughs> I just, I guess it all comes down to Deion Sanders. Because if this was any other coach, I wouldn't have a problem with them bringing it up. Because I feel like the people that stereotype HBCUs or stereotype black people in general as people who will steal things and do all these things that are wrong in society, but like they think those things for far different reasons than Deion Sanders getting his stuff stolen. Right. I think it where I have an issue with is as as James pointed out, is like since he's been there, it feels like he wants to be looked at as he's doing like community service in a sense. Like he do, he's the gift to the university. I'm here. Like I should be treated. I should have stuff rolling out on red carpet. Obviously, it doesn't mean he should have stuff stolen. But like, there's there's a way to go about it. Like, there's a way to handle it. Like, it's like saying, like if you go work at like a like a black owned business or such such and such. Like, there's there's places I've worked that. I would tell y'all off camera, I hated working there that are black owned businesses, but I would never say that publicly because I know what that means to people on the outside and how it looks. So it's just like, it's just a way to go about it. Like, I'm glad he got his stuff. I kind of want to know who, what exactly happened. Cause I, I can't see his office being so big that he misplaced his stuff and that he automatically assumed he, he got stolen. I'm assuming it got stolen in some shape or form but i also want to know like does he have locks on his doors like does he just leaving because this is Deion santa it's not like regular ass stuff that you just leaving like there's diamonds probably there's nice watches there's phones like you just can't i would tell you that if he was working at florida state why aren't you locking your door in your office but also this begs a question what about Deion sanders told you that this was going to be anything besides the Deion Sanders show. <laughs> Not a damn thing. So it's like, I don't, this is exactly what I thought we were going to get with this. You know, 
He's wearing the Letterman's jacket. Like, what? I I don't, you know, and I'm not saying there aren't selfish white coaches, there aren't high-profile white coaches, because I think Steve Spurrier was like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not singling out a black coach, but I just think when you're taking this job, it has to be about the kids because it can't, you can't be looking for your next step up because programs like this have to be invested in the kids in a way that PWIs and big schools just don't, you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think personally he's looking for his next job, but I think he's trying to use this as a way to get into one single A, but I don't, I don't blame him for that, but it's also like, you gotta be invested in the kids in a way that, you know, um, is not, is not uh, a selfish way. Yeah. I definitely think not to, not there's anything wrong with wanting to go and coach in a power five conference, but it's like, for me, it seems almost clear as day as the second that Florida State job opens, he's going to jump to it. And his kids are going to go with him, too. Right. That's another thing. Right. Like, kids are playing on the team. Like, they're second they go, the second he goes, they go. So, right. I mean, hopefully it works out for everybody in the long run. Um, but yeah, we'll take a quick break and come up and wrap up with basketball. Or we uh, basketball. Yeah, uh, we we back. Um, <laughs> we back. Uh, going through basketball real quick. Um, we have some. Last week we did our fantasy draft. Where we tried to guess the reserves. Um, this week we have the reserves for the 2020 NBA All Star Game. Um, we have on the Eastern Conference. We have Jalen Brown making his first All Star appearance. We got James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Nikola. V- I know I'm, I'm not. I'm not even gonna try. I'm gonna mispronounce that. I'm on Western Conference. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Vucevic. Oh, <laughs> uh, on the Western Conference, we have Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson, who is making his first All Star appearance. Um, the question comes up every year, who got snubbed? Um, what I always like to point out, and what I always see Jalen Rose pointed out, is there anybody who you feel strongly enough that you would take out and put in another person? That is the yeah. real question. Can't say who got snubbed without taking somebody out. Right. Yeah. So. I don't have anybody. I don't. I ain't got nobody either. Uh, I want Demar Derozan to get in, but right. I don't think he's better than Zach Levine right now. Or like, oh my man, on the West, he not better than Zion right now. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else is on there? Paul George. Paul George. Paul, yeah, no, he not better than him. And then you got, I guess, Donovan Mitchell. We'll be over Donovan Mitchell, the first first person in the East or first in the West. Right. I guess Gobert might be the only real argument, but again, but first you gotta have 
but you got to have a front court player though. Right. So I guess maybe a big. I don't know a big that would be better than Gobert. Like you know, he's he's been doing his thing. So I think this shows how stacked the league is though, because usually historically guys like Zion, if they get their All Star stuff, they'll be in the you know they'll be in the starters. But right. You know, he's a reserve. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we don't even really – like, Zion's not, like, in the headlines as he is every – as he was very early in his career, but he's averaging 25-7-3, and three, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he a problem. He is. He's a problem. Did y'all see that – going off track a little bit, did y'all see that video of Miles Garrett playing basketball? I did, yeah. Terrifying. What what was more terrifying, him or the fact that he put Tory Lanez on it? Like Tory Lanez is in the video? Yeah. Uh, Tory Lanez, Tory Lanez is in the video, but Tory uh, Lanez, he played the Tory Lanez song. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice it. I oh uh, yeah. He was yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, I mean I feel like he comes up once every week and it's usually because Des Bryant's been coming up a couple times. It was that song uh too where he plays the Conor McGregor clip. Yeah. It's like oh. I want to apologize to absolutely nobody. It's like yeah, that's I'm like, dang, is that a Tory Lane song? Yeah, that was, the last, <laughs> that was from the new Toronto too. So that was that was like right before the Meg stuff happened. Okay. Oh, it was before. Okay, cool, cool. I yeah. thought it was after because I was like, yeah. damn, bro. Yeah, I forget. I'm blanking on the name of the song, but I know that's that's. I think it's like stupid or something. Yeah, stupid again. Stupid. Stupid again. again. There you go. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was that was terrifying. Like I would not want to be on the other end of trying to have to guard him. Yeah. That's like the people on the Run Ricky Run. (laughs) They talking about uh, yeah, we play pickup basketball. with Ricky Williams. I took a charge. It wasn't shit. <laughs> uh yeah. I, I I mean back getting back on track. Uh I'm glad Sabonis got in because Kevin Durant was out. Cause I would have said Sabonis and I have no shame about this. I don't care if Sixes fans hate me for this. Ben Simmons is probably the one on that list I'm the most eh about. Cause like at the the season he was not great statistically he's not amazing outside of like defense where i think he has been like stellar and like he's not like the second best scoring option on his team like i know what he brings but it's just like i don't know if he was an all-star in the east this year if sabonis was going to be left off and we're not talking about whose team it is anymore <laughs> that has been that has been settled uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben simmons though yeah Trying to think who who else got who got left out in the east though. Uh now that's a bonus is there, that would be Middleton, which I mean that depends on where you want to be with that. Uh nah. Yeah. Oh, Trey Young, I think is the last significant stuff. Uh Trey Young is probably better than Ben Simmons, but the record. Yeah, and he's a high usage guy, so it's like he's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's their usage guy, so he's gonna be 
he's gonna have the numbers. He's gonna have the counting statistics. So. Yeah, I mean, I I guess this is the point, at least to this point in the season. I know we talked about it at the start of the season, where I asked if Trey Young was a better player than Ben Simmons. I think at this point, he is a better player than he's played better than. Ben it's different body types, though. Like, right. Yeah. Like, Ben Simmons is like 6'8, and that's going to play a little bit different than like what Trey Young does. And, you know, Trey Young can never be what Ben Simmons is defensively. Like, that's just not going to be a thing. Yeah. But I think if Ben Simmons, it depends if you put him in different spots. Like, if, if they actually put him, in a spot where they had a point guard, instead of having him run guard all the time, he could probably, but don't do that. So, yeah. and then the Devin Booker thing kills me because it's like, who you taking off though? That's the thing. For Devin Booker, yeah. who for Devin Booker? You taking off Zion for Devin Booker? Nah, nah. I can't say that. I feel, and the thing, I feel bad. Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, maybe. What you think? Was Ingram on the list? No. Brandon, Brandon Ingram made it? Is no, an all-star? No. No. Are you not? Only one Pelican. That was Zion. Is Anthony Sorry. Davis, Paul George, Gobert, Lillard, Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. Yep. I can't say he better than Chris Paul because, like, we saw what happened last year without Chris Paul. So – that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you can't right. say he's more of a plus player than Chris Paul. So The thing is, like, it, it, he's going to be one of those players, like, it's years down the line, it may be hard to explain what he brought to the game because he's not going to have the accolades that certain people have. Yes, he will. He's only 24. He's 24, but I don't see it getting any easier for him to get into the All-Star game. Lillard didn't make an all-star game until he was, like, 20. There were years where he didn't make the all-star game. He's, like, a six-time all-star now. I think that could happen to uh, Booker. I mean, technically, we're kind of talking about him like he's not in the all-star game because AD's injured and they did replace him with Booker. So he is just throwing that out there if y'all didn't know. He is in the all-star game as of right now. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay, so, yeah, that counts. Yeah, I, but I get what you're saying now. <laughs> the dip, the difference, but like without that though, people talk about Devin Booker's disrespected, but it's like I don't, I don't know about that. Like I think Donovan Mitchell is a little bit better than him. Like I've seen, I've seen Donovan Mitchell play in the playoffs. I've seen him, like, take the reins as somebody like that. And I'm not saying, like, the Jazz are better run than the Suns, for sure, or they were uh, at a certain point. Uh, I don't know. Like, is Devin Booker better than Luka? That's another person I wanted to get to because how are we weighing who's a starter and who's not a starter? Because I know that was the complaint last year with Trey Young being right. a starter, and he wasn't on a good team. The Mavericks aren't really that great of a team, but Luka individually has been – he's still Luka. Right. So do you move – so you keep him as a starter 
and leave out players who have been on better teams like a Dame Lillard or a Chris Paul, or it doesn't even matter at the point if you're a starter or you're not a starter. I don't think to the players it matters much. I think for whoever gets voted in, it's mostly name value. Like, because let's be honest, I think Luca, maybe Dame has the best argument, but I still think like Luca, when you talk about international, all that type of stuff, like he's the biggest name out of that yeah. classic guy. So it's just, that's what it comes down to sometimes when the statistics are just that close. Yeah. yeah I mean, nobody but the fans, though, got. Luca, though, I was like, even the media was behind Dame, I thought, like, versus Luca, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make about Luca because it's like, he's really, he's good, but he's, like, really inefficient. Like, mm. for what he does, he he's, like, really inefficient. He's not a good free throw shooter. Mm. He's not good from three. But he takes all the threes and he shoots all the free throws. So it's like, I don't. What, what, what do you make of this guy? You know, people talk. I think people are gonna talk about him with uh, Trey Young just because of the trade. But it's like, I mean, by some measures, Trey is just as good as Luca. It's just he's not. He's not six foot eight. That's just what mm-hmm. it is. You know what I'm saying? So right. To his credit, he is shooting the best from three that he's shot in his career. Was that 30% or something? 35.3%. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's better than that's what better. I thought. Yeah, better he, than what I thought. His rookie year, he shot 31. The rookie year, he shot 32%. Right. Um, last year, he thought 31%. And then this year, he's shooting 35%. I do remember at one point, though, he was, like, really low, like, at the beginning of the season. Possibly. He started taking less threes later. Oh, okay. Okay. But um, moving along to, I guess, other, I guess, historic news, um, NBA, I mean, the WNBA and the NBA Board of Governors unanimously voted to approve the sale of the Atlantic Dream to a real estate group. Um, that included former, now former, um, two-time NBA champion Renee Montgomery, who played for the Atlanta Dream as recently as 2019. Dang. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is real. This is a quick turnaround. Um, but she is the first um, former player in franchise history to own a portion of the team. I have not been able to look further into it. But I believe she is the second black woman to own a portion of a WNBA team. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, this was big news. I know we had talked briefly about Kelly Loeffler um, having to sell the team because they kind of ran her off her job. Um, and then there were yeah. talks about possibly LeBron or Carmelo or some NBA player trying to buy the team. Um, but this is just good news, um, especially getting this opportunity so like soon after retiring. Cause she she was technically she was on the dream roster last year, mm. but she opted out of playing in the bubble. Um, and I was kind of surprised when she decided to retire early this earlier. She retired earlier this month. I think she retired, I want to say 
the week after the Super Bowl. Mm. He announced that she was leaving the game. And she had played 11 years, so it wasn't like either of a possibility. But she's only she's only 35. Um that says she has two NBA championships. Um I don't see her being a basketball hall of famer, but maybe this is the kind of stuff that gets you into the hall of fame making moves like this. Um, so that's just right. interesting to look at. Yeah. And they had to get her out of there. Loffler <laughs> had to get her out of there. <laughs> Both their jobs in this. Yeah. Month. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Um, just getting to the last two things, um, there was a bill that was introduced into the Senate um, earlier this week that would allow college athletes to get endorsement deals, but more so they would get increased medical coverage. Um, and then they would also allow players to transfer to new schools and enter professional drafts without losing eligibility. Um, mm-hmm. This is interesting more so because of who introduced it. Um, Jerry Moran, who is a senator out of Kansas, sorry. Um, and he's a Republican. And this issue in Congress in terms of paying athletes or letting them get endorsement deals has fallen largely on political lines. Um, mainly Democrats pushing for this and Republicans being opposed to it. So something to look out for. Um, Obviously, nothing's going to happen anytime soon, but it's something to look out for, especially if people could go enter the draft, pull back without losing eligibility. That would right. be big. Um, and the last thing, we may be getting closer to a Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua fight in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyson Fury's co-promoter, Frank Warren, um, said, and I quote, the fight is very close to being done now. It's all COVID-19 related, but I think it will go down sometime in June, latest July. It's going to be a two-fight deal, and it depends on what's happening in the first fight and an agreement from all parties as to where and what happens after that. So uh, I don't know if anybody can beat Tyson Fury, though. That dude, he moved way fast, bro. <laughs> yeah. He moved super fast. Like, But Joshua can box, though, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, All right. All right. Where are they gonna do it? Wimbley or where are they gonna do it at the O2? They haven't said. I would. The two places have been thrown around are London and Vegas. Okay. Okay. I don't think Anthony 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 Joshua lost his only fight in Madison Square Garden, and I don't think he's coming back to New York. Um. Mm. Also, Miami's been thrown out for more fights. Like this week, Canelo's fighting in Miami just because they're really relaxed on COVID protocols. I don't know where we'll be by the time June comes around. Right. How open right. places will be. But if Vegas doesn't really open, and the UK is still, for those who aren't aware, like they're still on really heavy lockdown over there. Right. Um, so I don't know where they'll be in June, but... Miami might also be someplace. If it's in Miami, I'm 1,000% there. Okay. Just got to make sure it doesn't happen in Black History Month. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
If Anthony Joshua wins, he'll be the first undistributed champion since Lennox Lewis. Ooh. In 99. So, but if he'd be the first undisputed? You'd be the the winner, the winner, regardless of who wins, you would be oh, okay. That's what I was saying. I was I was confused about that, but yeah, okay. Yeah, because Tyson Fury has a WC WBC belt, and then Anthony yeah. Joshua has like the other five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And then he's the linear champion too. Yeah, it's it's I'm so, I'm so confused on the different titles. <laughs> linear super champion. Um the new one I've seen is I think it's called franchise champion. Uh, I don't know that <laughs> it's a whole bunch of stuff. Feels like they're uh, just making up names at this point. Yeah. Honestly. All I know is the linear one is when you beat the guy, you gotta beat him. Yeah, you gotta be um because you beat Klitschko. That's why he has all the belts. Yeah, you gotta beat him or he has to retire, and then the lineage starts again. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, we gotta. I don't, and I don't know what this means for Deontay Wilder, um, but we'll see. Um, yeah. That kind of wraps everything up. Um, I. I do want to thank everybody for listening. Um, I want to send my prayers out to Tiger Woods family um, um, and just hoping for a speedy recovery. Uh, And yeah, that's pretty much it. See y'all next week and have a great weekend and happy end of Black History Month. That about wraps it up. I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 20 of the Put It in the Group Chat podcast. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at P-I-I-T-G-C pod. That's at P-I-I-T-G-C pod. Follows, retweets, likes, recommendations, suggestions, ways to improve, and just sharing the podcast with your friends and family is much appreciated in whatever way you choose to do so. And I hope you come back next week for episode 21. But until then, have a great weekend. Peace.